I think that, and this goes out to Erin Hall at SRP, who first coined it, the phrase, she said that we are business consultants who happen to know a lot about retirement plans. And I think that that is a spot on observation. From my experience as a small business owner, it comes from having to run my own business and make those types of decisions. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Retirement Space Podcast. I'm your host, Matt Smith. In today's episode, my guest Courtney Shipley and I talk about her practice as a retirement plan advisor. Courtney is president and chief planologist at Retirement Planology, Inc. in Alexandria, Virginia. Here's a little bit about Retirement Planology. Her firm helps organizations with constructing an overall employee retirement plan strategy, making their retirement plan meaningful to the employees and an asset for the organization, and providing fiduciary risk management and guidance to the plan sponsor and their committees. In our conversation that you'll hear in a minute, we talked about the challenges employers face running their small and mid-sized businesses and trying to keep up with all the rules and regulations and deadlines associated with sponsoring a retirement plan. I was struck when talking with Courtney by the empathy she has for her clients' challenges, and I think that comes from her experience running a business and having to make all the hard day-to-day decisions that come with growing an organization and taking care of her customers. I'm sure you'll hear that for yourself when listening to this episode. And if you would like to learn more about Retirement Planology, Inc., you can check out the link to her website that I put in this episode's show notes. A few reminders before we get started. Nothing in this episode is intended to be or is financial or legal advice. Statements and opinions expressed by guests on this podcast do not necessarily reflect those of the host. And the content in this episode is not a paid promotion. All right, here is Courtney and my conversation. Courtney, thank you for appearing on the Retirement Space Podcast. Oh, thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. Hey, Courtney, it would be great if you could start off by giving us a brief overview of your firm. So where you're out of, number of colleagues, types of services you provide. Sure. We're a mighty team of four out of Alexandria, Virginia. Um, We work exclusively with employer-sponsored retirement plans. So that makes us an outlier. We don't have any wealth management. We don't do banking services or insurance or anything else. So that's who we are. That's what we do. It's in our DNA. Yeah. What else do you want to know? Well, I'm always interested in the plan advisor's journey to this profession because there's really not a traditional path to being a plan advisor like you would have, like let's say, an accountant or a software engineer. I was born into this. My father was a plan advisor, gosh, way back in the day. So I'm interested in how you got to this point where you're now a a plan advisor. How did you get to this spot in your career? (laughs) I have a a different kind of story, I think. So I I was a music major in college when it came time to graduate. I took every interview that came through the Career Center. And one of those was with an insurance company, a smaller insurance company that worked with school teachers. And so one of the things that they had in their portfolio of things to sell was the 403B plan. So believe it or not, right out of college, I went straight into insurance, but also in the retirement space. And I really liked the 403B part. I really liked the investing. And 
I wasn't such a big fan of selling auto and home insurance. And so I said, well, how can I just do this? <laughs> how can I just do retirement plans? Um, so I left there and I went to work for what at the time was Prudential Securities for a um, broker who was kind of ahead of his time making his book out of uh, retirement plans in general. So yeah, that's how I got started in this business. That's a great story. I, by the way, have a degree in fine arts and <laughs> then went to work for my father's firm and started back in DC back when people thought 401k was a radio station. Well, it's funny. I don't know if you had the same experience, but the people were actually recruiting for musicians and athletes at that time because they knew that they were rather analytical, they were self-driven, um, self-motivated, and so they felt like they didn't need as much supervision and they would have you know, a good drive in order to have a sales job. So for whatever that's worth, I'm sure it's still the same today. It seems to have worked out well for you. I think the industry's lucky to have you. So Courtney, I'm also curious about your opinion on how the plan advising industry's changed since you started. What are, what are some of the biggest developments you've seen in your career? Oh my gosh. If we start all the way back, I think PPA was brand new at that point in time. So if you start from just the regulatory standpoint, it used to be very much uh, brokerage firms were the only place that were offering these types of services. And I think that as time has gone on, we got a really good definition of what fiduciary meant, that people were schooled along the lines of, you know, what it what it means to be a planned fiduciary and be educated with ERISA. I think during that time, probably in the early 2000s is when the, the AIF came out, the Accredited Investment Fiduciary and Don Trone. That was a turning point as well, I think, for the industry to try to standardize what people had as a knowledgeable base for applying to plans, and what types of rules and regulations applied to being a fiduciary. Then let's see, QDIA, the Qualified Default Investment Alternative at that point. Target date funds were still very new. Automatic enrollment being something that came along. So gosh, there's been so many different things that have that have happened during my career. And here we are with Secure 2.0. It used to seem complicated 20 years ago, and we had no idea. Yeah. How much more complicated it would become. So, I, uh, Courtney, I see a lot of your LinkedIn posts, your videos. You do a fantastic job with those. Uh, you're clearly passionate about this. Tell us, what are some of the most rewarding aspects of this job for you? It's twofold. One is that we get to help business owners or the people in charge of running the business, so nonprofit or whatnot. And we get to help them make really smart decisions about how they spend their money. As a small business owner myself, I know how important that is. I know what that feels like. Um, anybody who wants to come to my wallet to get money has to get their crowbar out, right? <laughs> so it's really a nice thing to be on the same side of the table as they are and helping them make wise decisions with that money, but also to provide an awesome benefit for employees. And everybody needs a retirement plan. Not everyone wants to work forever and People do need to have the luxury to decide how they spend their time later in life. And so that aspect of it and being able to break down this very complicated topic into things that both business owners, leadership, and also employees can understand, it's really fun to have a product that has basically three different end users. So you have the people who administer the plan, you have the people who are in charge of um, running the plan and, and funding it and deciding how those decisions are made from the employer side. And then you have the employee who's going to use this as their main paycheck down the road. And so that to me is the most rewarding is being able to educate people, 
help them with investing. In some cases, those employees will never talk to anybody else about their finances. And if I can make one positive change in somebody's life from a financial aspect that helps them get their kids in a better place or helps them put themselves in a better place down the road, then I'll feel really good about things when I put my head on the pillow at night. That's a great answer. I know when you and I talked earlier about preparing for this interview, we were talking about how many rules and regulations employers have to deal with these days. Um, You were talking to me about some of your experiences dealing with HR staff and just, it's not just with their plans, but all sorts of rules and regulations that they have to put up with. And it it came across how much you feel for them, how much empathy you have for the HR folks and and what they have to deal with. Uh, I'm curious about your opinions for those people, people in the HR departments, how they can lean more on their plan advisors to help them with, with what they're dealing with. The first is getting the right advisor in the door. And it's really hard to shop for investment advisors for the plan these days because you want a retirement plan focused advisor. And then a lot of us offer some of the same services. So, at, you know, having that criteria and being able to be able to definitively say this is the person or this is the firm that we need to hire, I think is tricky. So having that criteria of what is important to you, what is important from an operational standpoint how can you get a person who is a subject matter expert and can make it so that you can just be reactive on the plan? I think too often more things get pushed on HR's plate than they deserve because the record keepers or whoever assumes that they are fluent in retirement plans and that they know that the 5,500 is coming in a couple of months or, you know, here we are two weeks out from the deadline <laughs> or that, hey, it's time to, to fill out that, that census at the end of the year um, or it's time for notices to go out. And they have 800,000 things on their plate. This is not something that they are looking at. And with retirement plans, there's a different deadline for everything throughout the year. There's always something new. I mean, it's hard enough from a, an advisor side, you do things on a quarterly basis and you have to think about how you do those processes every quarter. And so for the poor plan sponsor who is stuck here in the middle with all the different responsibilities they have, not to mention that they have to run this plan in the best interest of the employees, which, you know, if you just take the fiduciary rule by itself, it's how do I manage my grandmother's money to the best ability, right? And if you can if you can think of it in those terms, like what would I do if this was grandma's money? <laughs> then that will lead you on the right path. But having to stop and take the time out of your day when you have a thousand other things to do, I think that's just so hard. And so leaning into that subject matter expert to say, hey, you gotta help me. Um, help me with the deadlines. Help me make sure I don't miss anything. I need somebody to check my work, but I also need someone who's going to prompt me in advance so that I'm ready to go signing on the dotted line, whatever it is, and being able to have that trusted partner who is going to look around the corner for them. That's the other thing too, is plans don't stay the same, right? They, they don't. And organizations don't stay the same. You're hiring, you're firing, you're, you're scaling up, you're um, reducing in size, whatever. And there's going to be an impact to the retirement plan. And so for them to have somebody who sits on their side of the table and says, hey, this is what you need to think about next, or um, that trusted business advisor that says, this is what's going to happen. How does this affect the plan and everything else? That's what they need to find. And that's how they need to lean in. 
So maybe this is a similar question coming from a different angle. You said you had a total of, of four mm-hmm. folks on your team. And one of the issues that we hear about a lot these days is advisor aggregation. So many advisors are joining bigger organizations uh, coming together in, in consolidation. And, and, and you're a, a small advisory shop. I, I'm interested in your opinion is what are the advantages to the participants, to the sponsors of working with an organization your size? We have to answer that question a lot. <laughs> um, I'll start with saying that because we are focused specifically just on retirement plans, there's nothing else that we're we're coming to the table to try to sneak into the conversation. We're not going to be trying to get your employees to buy things from us. We're not going to be selling you something else. Um, we're here to help with those questions, that niche, and helping to participate in the conversation with all the rest of your providers as they're willing to speak with us. And that's perfectly fine for them to be from different firms. I think that perspective and diversity of thought are really important for most organizations. And so to have someone who goes deep and knowledgeable on that topic, um, sitting there with your other your other trusted advisors, like you're only going to get good results out of that. I think too, that um, there's enough to go around, right? There's enough clients, there's enough businesses out there. And we don't come from a place of, well, if we lost this client, we're never going to get another one. That's just not how it works. And so we have our small to medium-sized businesses that we serve. It's 500 employees or less typically for us. And there's others who specialize in different types of um, different types of clients, and that's perfectly okay. Another advantage, I think, to working with a firm our size is that we can be pretty nimble. And if there's a new service that we need to offer or we need to do something in a different way, we are not beholden to a larger organization that says, you know, square peg, round hole, you will do it this way (laughs) no matter what. And so that level of flexibility where we can do some more customized approaches on things really does help our clients. And maybe they don't necessarily know, but we do know what goes on behind the scenes and and how we're able to accomplish a lot of those things. So I think it just gives clients a different type of experience than they can get at a larger entity. And I think that as a result, it's better quality in the long run for their employees. I love the abundance mentality that you have. So, Courtney, one of the things that is I, I've loved about this industry, I've been in the defined contribution space for, gosh, um, I hate to even say uh, close to 40 years, but it is a very competitive space. The uh, rewards are very high, so that brings in a lot of competition. But on the flip side, I've always found that advisors are very good about sharing with each other and helping make each other better. So along those lines, I'm interested if you have any processes, tools, technologies that you use in your daily work and in delivering services to your clients that are particularly useful that you want to share? Sure. I mean, you know, I'm president of the Retirement Advisor Council, and um, that is like one place where 100%, hands down, it's about advisors helping other advisors. And so just a shout out to them and the great um, ideas that I always bring back from those meetings. But as far as our tools, our technology, we're remote um, in our approach. So we kind of have, we were before COVID. We've built in the maximum amount of flexibility for employees here because that's what I wanted. (laughs) Um, So we had some tools in place early on to help with 
the asynchronous communication besides email and ways of running your practice that maximize those handoffs between employees when you're not face-to-face. So the typical, there's Zoom where you can just hop on a meeting with somebody, but then we use monday.com as a way to, to plan out our work, to trade it off to one another. And also it helps to make sure that we know what's on everybody's to-do list and where we are on um, on executing on on projects for our clients. So that's a that's one we probably couldn't live without. Okay, let's talk about the future. How do you see the 401k advising landscape evolving in the coming years? Is there anything that you see on the horizon or how do you prepare for the future of your advisory business? I think that and this goes out to Erin Hall at SRP, who first coined it, uh, the phrase, she said that we are business consultants who happen to know a lot about retirement plans. And I think that that is a spot on observation. You know, from my experience as a small business owner, it comes from having to run my own business and make those types of decisions. But also for our clients, you know, they're, they're, um, they're being, they're strapped for time, right? And so they need to know the impact of their decisions from trusted advisors who maybe have a perspective from other other areas. But I think as advisors, we have to be on our toes to understand that this is not the only thing they do all day and how our retirement plan affects their budget, how our retirement plan is affected in a mergers and acquisitions scenario, and being able to speak to those different um, life cycles of employees and what people find important at different times from a benefit standpoint. So I think that from here, we only continue to become more important when it comes to perspective for how this fits in to everything else. Um, Benefits in general has not gotten any easier, and I'm sure it won't. So being able to um, just get a hold on what business trends are out there and then how that's going to affect retirement plans as well. Yeah, I like that perspective. You're a business consultant that knows a lot about the yeah. plan business. Yeah, and and um, like I went and got the certified exit planning advisor designation specifically because we have owners who are transitioning, right? And that's a that's a huge purchase for them, uh, or not a huge purchase, a huge transaction for them. Um, being able to sell your business and understanding, you know, what you're going to get for it, what your life looks like after that. That's another aspect I think that advisors may not be thinking about is that not all of these businesses are going to be around forever. What does that mean in the long term for how people are, are exiting and what opportunities are left for other employees? Well, this has been a great conversation. Anything else to add, Courtney? I think retirement plans are still a team sport and always will be. <laughs> I think we have to sound, surround ourselves with good people in the industry who are knowledgeable and willing to share. And I think that that the only way that we all get better and we elevate the profession is if we we do share and we do try to build each other up and give each other a leg up. And you know, for the specialists out there, I think that there's many more plans to be had. <laughs> I don't think that anytime soon we're going to see the numbers of plans going down. Um, if anything, I think it will only go up because of, of Secure 2.0 and, and the necessity of employers to sponsor retirement plans in the future. That's great. Courtney, thank you for joining us today. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Like I said before, I will put a link to Courtney's website in the show notes of this episode. And I encourage you to check out my other episodes of the Retirement Space podcast by heading over to 
www.theretirementspace.com. If you found this episode useful, I would truly appreciate it if you left a review of this podcast on Apple Podcasts. That really helps get the message out to new listeners. And you can leave a review on Apple Podcasts even if you listen to this episode on another platform. Finally, if you have any questions or comments about this episode or have suggestions for guests for future episodes, you can email me at matt at theretirementspace.com. Matt.